Amen. We're going to open God's Word now. Now, if you were um, very observant and read our church email this week, or if you're online and are looking at the preamble on the screen, you'll be expecting Will to come and speak to us this morning. Now, sadly, Will is having to isolate, so he can't be here today. So, unfortunately, you've got to put up with me, so apologies about that. Um, So, Ralph is going to come and read to us, first of all, and then John. And we're going to read from Jeremiah and then from 2 Corinthians. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for yourselves. But you said, we will not walk in it. Two Corinthians five, uh, beginning at verse sixteen. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone; the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to Himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Amen. Thanks, Ralph and John, for reading. Let's just pray, shall we? Lord, at the start of this new year, we thank you for your word that reminds us to seek your ways. We just pray in the next few moments, as we just unpack these two passages just a little bit, that, Lord, you will speak to us. If there is something that we need to be reminded of today, Lord, just impress it on our hearts. If there is something new that we need to hear, Lord, just open our eyes to your word, we pray. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. A couple of weeks before Christmas, we were on the lookout for a new bookcase. I I really do lead the most exciting life. Um, And so I was trawling through Facebook Marketplace. I don't know if you've discovered Facebook Marketplace, but it really is a great place for picking up bargains. And we found a bookcase on Facebook Marketplace that was just what we were looking for. Exactly the right size, exactly the right shape, at a good price. It was in Lem, so we didn't have far to travel. So we took the car down to this house, we picked it up, we put it in the back of the car, one millimeter to spare, just got in, got it home, put it in the room. You're expecting a disaster to happen, aren't you? There is no disaster. 
It's wonderful. This bookcase does everything. It even stores books, which is remarkable. But there was an interesting thing. An interesting thing. We paid an eighth of the original cost for this bookcase. An eighth. This is how good Facebook Marketplace is. An eighth. There is something about our society that values newness above age. We value newness. We pay extra to have something that is new. See, this bookcase is in perfect condition. It doesn't look old. You wouldn't know any difference. But it is worth an eighth. Just think about it for a moment. We all know what happens when you drive a car out of a car showroom, don't we? What happens to the value? It does that. Buy a pair of new shoes and you walk out of the shop, they become pretty well useless and worthless. Do you want to buy second-hand shoes? I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether we go down that road or not. What happens to furniture when you bring it home? The price, the value, it goes down, doesn't it? It really drops off. There is something about our culture that says being new is better than being old. Over the Christmas period, we have probably all received gifts of new things. How many of those gifts still feel new the day after New Year's Day? How many of those things are still fresh in our minds as something exciting? One thing I always like to watch over the Christmas period is as you're walking around and you see kids on Boxing Day and possibly the day after trying out their new bikes. I don't know if you've noticed that this year. It happens every year. This year it's also electric scooters are the thing. So you may have seen people zooming around on pavements. You may have been darting to avoid them as they travel around. What happens is you see them on Boxing Day, you see them the day after, and then by this time they're not so much. What was new and exciting doesn't say brand new for that long. Because we live in a world that things quickly start to get old. Things quickly start to age. You may look at your own body and think, my body is doing that at this very moment in time. We are all aging. We all succumb to the aging process. It is part of the fall. We wear out. Our planet is wearing out. God is not like that. God does not become old or tired or jaded. He does not wear out. He is not constricted by time in the way that we are. Augustine of Hippo once said, God is ever ancient and ever new. He can both be old and new at the same time. But we know we have a beginning and an end. So as we start a new year, as we go into 2022, and I'm sure for many of us, we want this year to be a different year to last year in many different ways. What are our hopes? What are we praying for? What are we looking to God for who calls us both to the ancient paths, but also to be part of the new creation? We just have the, the PowerPoints up, Andy, if that's all right. Let's have a think about these ancient paths that we find in Jeremiah. Hebrews 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What an encouragement, isn't that, when we hear those words? Anyone been to Dunham Massey over Christmas to see the lights? Not a single... Oh, we have got some nods, some nods over there. If you've been to Dunham Massey at all, um, as you go in through, you know, that sort of push-me-pull-you gate as you go in, and there's a lake on the left-hand side, there is a tree just by the lake. And there's a little plaque on this tree, and it says this tree is over 500 years old. And that is a long time ago, isn't it? You think back to 1522. Henry VIII was king. Columbus had only just discovered, if that's the right word, America. It's an awful long time ago, and that tree has been stood there ever since. It's got ancient, 
ancient roots. And yet those roots are still bringing life. Do we have roots into the ancient paths, into the ancient ways that God has called us to? As the Lord speaks through Jeremiah, there is that call back to the ancient paths. The Old Testament prophets, and Jeremiah was one of them, were sent by God to call the people back to the following of the Lord. And Jeremiah 6, if you get a chance to read the whole chapter, do. It's it's not the most encouraging chapter for the most part. It's written to the tribe of Benjamin. It's all about the destruction of Jerusalem. And in the midst of all this destruction is this phenomenal verse, this incredible verse that says, stand at the crossroads. As there are decisions to be made, stand at the crossroad and ask for the ancient paths. Life has inbuilt crossroads into it, doesn't it? There are times in life where there's a sort of inevitability about decision-making. And a new year, I think, gives us one of those opportunities, doesn't it? It gives us that sense that actually the calendar has flipped over and we can make choices to live life a little bit differently. We heard from one slightly coerced person into sharing their New Year's resolution this morning, but I'm sure many of us have had things that we've probably said, actually, we want to do it a bit differently this year. We want this year to feel a bit differently than the year did do. Now, we can do that in our everyday lives. We can sort of think, actually, I want to tweak how I live. But we can also do it in terms of our relationship with God. As we stand at what is a very natural crossroads point, we have a choice to make. Do we seek out these ancient paths? And we'll look a bit more at what they are about in a moment. Do we seek out the ways of God, the good way, it says? Or do we go our own direction? You see, crossroads, there is no inevitability with the crossroads is which way you're going to travel, is there? If you go to a crossroads, you've got a choice of three directions. You can go straight ahead, left, or right. And it's really interesting and really sad at the end of this verse. The people say, we will not walk in it. They won't go God's way, they'll go their own way. But which way will we head? So I wonder, what is your devotional life like at the moment? As we stand on the start of a new year, where are you up to in your relationship with God? Is your soul well with the Lord? Are things in a good place? It may have been that 2021 was a good year for you. It may have been that that was a year of spiritual growth. You may have got stuck into the tour and you may have found that immersing yourself in God's word has brought real fruit in your life. That prayer is actually going well and that things are actually heading in a good direction. If that is you, be encouraged at the start of 2022. Keep going. You're already on an ancient path. Keep traveling. God is journeying there with you. But if you're anything like me, sometimes I find my own spiritual life, I will go for so far, and actually I will start to become a bit stale. And things will become a little bit mundane. And I will have to actually say, Lord, I need to seek you again. I need to come back. I need to be brought back. Because we naturally drift. And so the Lord says, come to the ancient paths. Come to the ancient paths. Now this is not to do with a trip down memory lane. You know, the ancient paths are not saying, go back to how things were 50 years ago, to the good old days or whatever it is. It's not a trip to nostalgia, but it's going back to those who have walked in the way of the Lord before, following the example of the women and men of old who have walked faithfully before God. Getting back to a life of prayer, of devotion, of commitment, of loving God, of obedience to his ways, of loving justice and mercy. All those things that the prophets kept calling the people back to. 
Athanasius is probably not a name we hear very often, certainly not one that I don't think children are named at the moment, um, but it's a, he was a man who was an early church leader in the 3rd and the 4th century, and a really key person in the development of the church. He was one of those people who really worked out what it meant that God was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, he writes about this verse, this verse from Jeremiah, and he says it's absolutely critical that we understand this verse in light of what Jesus says in John 14, verse 6, where he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, I don't know what your instinct is when I read that verse to you, one of those great I am sayings of Jesus. We may think, well, that's an invitation to salvation verse. It's an invitation to initial relationship with God. Now, absolutely, it is that. That is a correct interpretation. But it has so much more to say to us than that, because it's a verse of invitation from Jesus to keep walking in his way, to keep traveling through life with him, to keep seeking out the paths that God would call us down. It's a verse of life, of freedom, of deepening an ongoing relationship with God. Jesus inviting us to life in all its fullness. Following Jesus is a call to seek out the ancient paths. One writer says this, our modern world offers a lot of new paths. There's new paths appearing all the time. But the Bible tells us to stick to the old ones, to the paths and choices outlined by our creator God in his word. Jeremiah told the people of his day to ask for those ancient paths to seek them out and to walk in them. He urged his nation to return to the pathways of faith, exemplified by Abel. Think back to Genesis. Abel was the one whose sacrifice was accepted by God. By Enoch. Enoch was the one who was so close to God that God took him to be with him. By Abraham. Abraham who left Ur of the Chaldeans, having heard God and not knowing where he was heading. And by Moses. Moses who responded to God and led the people out of the wilderness. And at its heart is seeking life that is ordered by God. Will we follow those ancient paths as we go into the new year? Will we seek to follow those who have gone before, who have shown us what a life of faith looks like? Will we walk in those ancient paths? See, Scripture tells us quite a lot about what it means to walk in those paths. What a life that is um, dedicated to God looks like. And these are probably all familiar to us. We see in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Paul simply says, pray continually. A life walking down that life of faith is a life that is immersed in prayer. Will our lives in 2022 be characterized by being people of prayer, continuous prayer? Now that's both saying prayers, but also a life of prayerfulness where we live consciously in the presence of God. Paul writing near the end of his ministry in 2 Timothy um, chapter 3, as he's handing the baton over to a new generation of church leaders, says this. He says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. To walk in the ancient paths is to immerse ourselves deeply in the word. Will we this year be characterized as people of the word? People who are immersed in in God's ways. This term as a church, we're going to be looking at what it means to be church. About what what the New Testament says the church is. What the church is all about. How we um, make sure that we are in line with what scripture says. 
And next week, we'll be looking into the book of Acts, where it sees that the first glimpses of what the early church was about. It was a worshipping community. It was a learning community. There were people of prayer, of fellowship. They were people who shared bread and wine. They were people who followed the paths that Jesus had set for them. Now, I'm sure for most of us, these ancient paths, they are familiar. We know them. We know where that road heads. But we so easily get distracted. We can come to crossroads and we can suddenly think, actually, left looks a bit more interesting than keeping in the ancient paths. Or turning right looks a bit more interesting. Now, for the people of Jeremiah's day, the distractions were all found in the pagan nations round about. The distractions were to follow foreign gods, to have stuff that perhaps was, was, um, seemed good for the time, but actually led to destruction. Now, for us, we're probably not pulled by pagan gods and goddesses, but there are many distractions in our world. There are all kinds of things that will pull us away from the ancient paths. Now, I don't know what that is for you. It will be different for all of us. I mean, one of the things that I find pulls me away is just busyness. Just the pressures to be always doing. And to sort of think that actually to spend that real time in God's presence is not time well spent. You know, our culture sort of demands that of us, doesn't it? To keep going, to keep doing. Yet the invitation is to come to God, find the ancient paths, and seek rest. It might be that actually the, the pull is the pull to materialism, to stuff, to things, to wanting more and more. It might simply be the pull to negotiating the present. Let's not forget how difficult that can be at the moment. But there is no inevitability at the crossroads. There is no inevitability where we stand there and where God calls us to the ancient paths. The people in Jeremiah's day said, no, we're not going that way. What will our answer be to the Lord this morning? The Lord says, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Do you feel like you need rest this morning? Seeing quite a lot of nodding, yeah. The last two years, I think, for for all of us, have been very, very difficult. Whether we've been poorly with the virus or whether we've gone back into with these restrictions that have all impacted us. And I was reading an article probably about two weeks ago that was on the Guardian website, and it was written by a therapist, and, and she was saying that the last two years... She has noticed that for a lot of people, we have become more tired and more worn out than we have ever been before. And she puts that down to just the negotiating life with all these things imposed on us and restrictions of what we can and can't do, trying to negotiate. And then more recently, we've then been trying to work out what feels safe for us and what feels right. And she just said it is absolutely exhausting. We're not used to this way of living. We're used to having much more control over our own lives. Now, she goes on to say that, you know, in pre-pandemic days, if somebody came to her on the verge of burnout, of feeling really exhausted and tired, she'd go down the road of saying, well, you need to look after yourself, self-care, you know, find a hobby, try and make sure that you're relaxing properly, exercise, eat well, all the, the things that perhaps we would expect to hear. But she was saying that's no longer enough. People are weary beyond the normal self-help things. They're just not cutting it. And she says that actually what people need is just long periods of rest and recuperation. Now, I'm not going to dispute her findings, but what I am going to say is that God invites us not to human rest, but to his rest, which is something on a very, very different level. Even when we've done all our resting as a human being, 
I don't know if you've ever felt you've gone on a long holiday and at the end of it you feel perfectly rested and content. Even if you've ever got there, there is still a restlessness within us, isn't there? There is still that sense that we can't quite rest. We're not quite there. Because rest can only be found in God. We are not easily content. The words that the Lord speaks in Jeremiah, they are not glib in front of the trauma of our world. The rest that is spoken about here is not some quick flick of a switch and say, well, let's do this and soon you, you know, you'll have this perfect rest in your life and everything will just be tranquil and like a peaceful lake scene. It's, it's not talking about that. But it's saying if you want to find deep rest within, this is the path you have to take. There is no other option. It's the ancient paths, the paths of the way of God, the paths that lead to the person of Jesus Christ. The Lord says, ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Sorry to quote Augustine again, but he says, our heart is restless until it rests in you. I don't know whether you're feeling like you need a rest, probably, but I wonder whether you're feeling deeply restless, whether inside at the moment there is that kind of inner turmoil, you're not quite knowing where to rest. God says, come and rest in me in the ancient paths. Rest in the sovereignty of God who holds all things and whose future is secure. So at the crossroads, which path will we choose? Will we go along the ancient routes, the way of rest, the way of refreshment? Or will we go our own way like the people did in Jeremiah's day and say, we will not do it? It's a decision. It's a choice. Just moving on briefly into the the New Testament passage from Corinthians that we looked at. Now, just back to that old oak tree in Dunham Massey for a moment. If you go to Dunham Massey in the spring, you will notice that this ancient tree, there's only a bit of it left now that grows, um, but it, it teems with life. The buds appear on it, and then they turn into brand new oak leaves. Out of the ancient roots comes new life. Out of the ancient comes new life. Now, as human beings, you know, we are like oak trees. We will eventually grow old and we will eventually um, leave this earth. But if we want to be made new, if we want to keep producing life, if we want to be born again of the Spirit, it's not something we do. It's something that God does. It's something that God does when we turn to him in repentance and faith. But when we have ancient roots into the ancient paths, we can be filled with the life of God. That's exciting, isn't it? To be filled, to be made new. Now, Paul in 2 Corinthians, he's writing to a church that has a lot of problems. That's a bit of an understatement when you talk about the church in Corinth. All churches have some degree of problems, but Corinth has more than their fair share. Living in the presence of a holy God is proving a bit of a challenge. They are all over the place in terms of their sexual morality. They are confused about spiritual gifts. They're trying to outdo one another in terms of how spiritual they think they are. It is really just a complete mess. And it's a church that Paul has to write to really strongly to try and get them back on track, to try and get them to focus on Jesus. And it appears that at the root of this is they haven't really grasped just who Christ is, the enormity of his work, and what he's done. So Paul has to remind them that they are made new in Christ, that the old has gone. Now, this is not the ancient paths that have gone. This is about our oldness, the oldness inside of us, the ways of the flesh. 
And in Paul's writing, quite often he will talk about human flesh. And he will talk about how it's very easy in our lives when we come to decision points to not follow the ancient paths, to not follow God's ways, but to follow the ways of the flesh, to follow the ways of our human nature. And he will say this in Romans 8, 6 and 7. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, no, can it, nor can it do so. But Paul says, put that to death. Put that to death. Remember, you are part of the new creation. If you are in Christ, that old stuff, those old ways are gone. The new is here. We are part of the new creation. We are part of what God has done in raising Jesus from the dead. And the newness to which we are called is permanent newness. Now, that isn't something we experience as human beings. You know, when we buy something, it becomes old. Everything in our world ages. But in Christ, we are permanently new. It will not spoil or fade or decay. It will not be like a bike the day after New Year's Day that no longer feels like it did on Christmas Day. It's not newness that becomes stale. The newness in Christ is permanent and eternal. The old has gone. The new has come. What does it mean for us to focus on the newness of the new creation this morning? Do we want something from God that is new and fresh? Do we want to be part of all that God is doing? Now, I think when we talk about new things, it can be quite easy to want to quantify it in terms of human experience. You know, and it may be this new year that the prayer on your heart is for something new in terms of your own life. It might be that you feel God is calling you to a new vocation or to a new ministry or to a new job or a new home, whatever it might be. And it's good to pray into these things. But this is not really Paul's point here. You know, as a church family, we, we've already prayed this morning that we're thinking about our youth work over the next few months and, and praying that God will lead us to the right person to lead our, new, our youth work. It's right that we pray for those kind of things, for the new things that God may be calling us to do. But that actually isn't Paul's point here either. What Paul is really talking about here is about our status in front of God, through Christ, that we are part of the new creation, that we are part of all that will be in eternity. And this new status, this eternal status that we have because of what Christ has done, is just as true for Paul when he's imprisoned, writing his letters, as it is when God calls him to do new things. As it is when God calls him to preach in Athens or in Ephesus, or when God is there with him as he's ministering to these various churches. This new status is about who he is, his very being, because he's part of the new creation. This is the newness to which we are called. The new thing God calls us to is to keep walking in the ancient paths. It's a bit of a paradox, isn't it? We don't get it because we age. But God is both ancient and new, and he calls us to the ancient ways in order to keep journeying with him into all that God will do. So as we go into 2022, it may be that God has placed on your heart to pray for something tangibly new. You know, do that. It's right and proper that we do that. God is concerned about all our lives. But it may just be that we need to hear this reminder of who we are. That we are made permanently new through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross and rising again to glory. And out of that finished work, we are called to keep journeying along the ancient paths. Remembering that as we journey, we ask where the good way is. We walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. I don't know what your prayer is for 2022. My prayer 
is that I keep journeying down that road. And that in journeying down that road, we find that rest, we find that hope, and it's a hope that then, as Paul goes on to say, we can share with others. We can share that hope, and we can see more people come to faith in Jesus. Let's pray, and let's make it our prayer that we too will choose those ancient paths this year. Heavenly Father, you have always called people back to yourself. As we hear the words of Jeremiah echoing down the millennia, we're reminded that once again you call us to seek out the ancient paths, the roads of faith that lead to you. And Lord, in a world where there are so many distractions, I just want to pray this morning that our eyes may be fixed on you. And Lord, thank you for the reminder of who we are in Christ, that we are part of the new creation, that the new is already here. And Lord, we look forward to when that newness is complete, when you return in glory and when we are with you forever and ever. just want to leave just a, a moment or two of quiet. It may be that there are your own particular prayers you want to hold before the Lord just for a moment or two. Just space to do that now. Lord, at the crossroads, may we seek the ancient paths. The Lord says, ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Lord, help us again to offer our lives afresh to you today. To come once again in surrender at the start of a new year. to be available freely to be used by you and for you, for your kingdom's purposes. Lord, help us once again to offer our lives up to you. For Jesus' sake, for his glory we ask. Amen. Amen.